This is episode 114, Turning Off, On Again and Off Again Relationships with Arel. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Last week on the show, I realized that I've been doing this podcast for two years now, and I just want to thank all of you, especially the longtime listeners, and welcome all our new and recent listeners to the show. I love hearing from you. I love all of you who've called in and shared and been so vulnerable and courageous on the show. Thank you to all of you who leave ratings and reviews. That's super, super appreciated and super helpful to the show. And it's really easy to do. Just go to iTunes and find over it and on with it. Click on the number of stars. If you have a few extra minutes, leave a review. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you in advance for those of you who are willing to go and do that. And of course, sharing about the show on social media, sharing about it with your friends all helps the show grow. And speaking of growth, I am committed to your growth and healing and upliftment. It's one of the main reasons I do this show. The other main reason is I just freaking love it. But we're always growing. We're always evolving. And one of my favorite ways to empower people in doing that is teaching retreats. And my big signature retreat is coming up in March. And this one fills up fast. So let me tell you about this. This is the one that I do every year. It's the most intense one I facilitate. It's only Friday afternoon through Sunday afternoon. It's only for women. Sorry, guys, but I am doing more for men as well. So stay tuned for that. It happens about an hour and a half outside of LA and only 20 spaces are available. What's unique about this particular one is it's the last time I am teaching it fully. I'm training other amazing facilitators to take this retreat over so we can offer it more often and in more places. So this will be the last time that you can come and experience me leading the thing. So if that's important to you and you want to be part of the last group that goes through it in the way that I have been doing it since 2009, then come join us. What you need to do is email jill at christinehassler.com. That's spelled J-I-L-L at christinehassler.com. Tell her you're interested in the retreat. She'll give you more information in terms of the location, the pricing. She'll have you fill out an application and we'll get you signed up. There is an early bird discount that's going to expire in December. And like I said, this will fill up fast. It always fills up fast. We always have a wait list. And since it's the last year I'm teaching it, that it's going to fill up even faster. So... Before you email Jill, if you want a little more information on the retreat, let me give you the website where you can learn more. Just go to christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat. Again, christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat. You can read about it. You can apply. You can watch some videos. You can read testimonials. It is all there for you. Alrighty, so we are back to the subject of relationships on this podcast, something that comes up a lot, specifically those relationships that are on again and off again, the ones that some part of you knows are not healthy or not what you want, yet you seem to keep going back to it. 
Why is this? Well, because they're often like a drug. They're like an addiction. And even though you know you should quit and it's bad for you, it just feels so good sometimes that the highs keep you coming back for more of the lows. We explore these kind of codependent relationships in my coaching session with Arel today. As you were listening to this call, consider, are you in a relationship that some part of you knows is not good for you or possibly even for the other person, but you can't seem to break it off for a good? Have you recently ended something and you're freaking out and going through major withdrawal and you're so, so, so tempted to call the person, go over, see them and get them back together with them again? Did you lose a parent at a young age, either by death or divorce or abandonment, or they just weren't ever emotionally or physically present? Do you find yourself looking for safety and security in someone else? Do you identify with being a bit dependent or do you provide that for someone else? And that's how you feel needed. Perhaps you identify with being more of a rescuer or caretaker. Keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Arel. But first, I want to tell you about my favorite way to shop for groceries. Have you heard of Thrive Market? I hope you have. It is my favorite online store. They sell all the top organic and healthy products at 25 to 50% off. Ship straight to your door. I love that. Do a few price comparisons to Whole Foods, and you can easily find this on their site. Next to each product, it shows retail price versus Thrive Market price. They have the best quality products. Thrive Market has all the top premium, healthy, and organic products I usually get from a grocery store. But unlike your typical organic and non-GMO products that are marked up to premium prices, Thrive Market sells the same organic and non-GMO premium products at wholesale prices. Yes, yes, yes. You don't even have to leave the house. So here's the offer to my beloved over and non with it listeners. Get $60 of free organic groceries and free shipping and a 30-day trial membership. Go to thrivemarket.com slash over it. Keep in mind that Thrive Market's prices are already 25 to 50% below retail because they cut out the middleman and now they're offering $60 off free organic groceries and free shipping. Go to thrivemarket.com slash over it. So you're probably wondering, how do they have all these incredibly low prices on organic produce and free shipping? How do they do this? Well, they cut out the middleman and work directly with the brand so they can pass all the savings on to their members. And even better for everyone who signs up, Thrive Market donates a membership to a low-income family, veteran, or teacher. So together, we're all making healthy living affordable for everyone. That's a company I'm honored to support. So you know I'm super particular about what I eat. I always read labels, both because I have food sensitivities and because I don't want to consume junk. And one of the ways I love to browse the Thrive Market site, which makes it super easy and time efficient, is to select exactly the categories I'm looking for. So like I often select vegan, gluten-free, and paleo because that brings up the items I'm going to love the most right to the top of my search. And I can trust that the ingredients in these products will be in alignment with my health regime. And if I want to check it, Thrive Market lists all the ingredients. So it takes out the overwhelm and I'm sure I'm getting what I need. What also takes out the overwhelm is there's a very curated catalog on Thrive Market. You know, you can go to the grocery store looking for olive oil and there's 20 different brands and you're like, what do I get? The Spanish, the California, what what kind of oil do I get? However, you may only find two to three olive oils on Thrive Markets, but you can trust that the options there will be sourced from the best of the best ingredients at the most affordable prices. So they do all the homework for you. So here's your call to action again. Get $60 off free organic groceries and free shipping and a 30-day free trial membership. Go to thrivemarket.com slash over it. And remember, 
Thrive Market's prices are already 25 to 50% below retail. And now they're offering $60 of free organic groceries plus free shipping. I mean, you can't pass this up, you guys. Go to thrivemarket.com slash over it and get your health in line. No more excuses for not having healthy food at home. And now on to my coaching session with Aral. Aral, welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, um, my question is I have been in an on and off relationship for about five years now and it's very clear in my head that I want to leave this guy. It's an abusive relationship and I know he's not good for me but I feel like it's a drug and I'm so addicted to him. And I, I, I almost keep telling myself that he's going to change and I want to mold him into the man I want him to be. And he's not that, and he doesn't want to be that. And so I've, I have left him six times or seven times in the last five years. And every time I go back and I feel like it's stronger than heroin. It's like I, I say, okay, I know, I know what I need to do in my head. I need to get a job. Um, I'm financially dependent of him. So that's a huge thing as well. I need to get a job, be independent, earn my own income. And then I start doing that. And then it, and then it's not even about the financial thing. It's a huge emotional dependency as well. Mm -hmm. And I just get panic attacks like when I, like after about a month of being away from him, mm. I start panicking. I haven't gone more than about two or three days without contact with him in the five years, mm -hmm. even though I've left him, I can't stop emailing him. Mm -hmm. Um, if he does block me, if he eventually has the strength to block me, I freak out and I'll, you know, I'll drive to his work. I'll drive mm -hmm. to his house and panic. Yeah. But I, I, I want to leave him though. <laughs> yeah. What's the age difference between you two? He is 43 and I'm 24 and I met him when I was 19. Mm -hmm. And what's your relationship with your dad like? He passed away when I was 11. Mm -hmm. Do you see the connection? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So tell me about your dad and what his death was like for you. Um, he had cancer for the last two years before he passed away. And to be honest, I don't remember so much of it as a kid. And, and he always told us like, oh, you know, I'm never going to die. You know, it's just cancer. I'll just get treatment and I'll be fine. And even when he knew he was going to die and he was going into a coma, he never really told us that he was going to die. It was just kind of like, I don't know. He kind of just brushed it away. Like, Oh, daddy's just sick, but he'll be okay. He'll be okay. <laughs> but I, I did kind of know, cause mom kind of told us, you know, like he's the tumor got to his brain and his life's going to end. But I didn't know what death was at the time. Mm -hmm. And what was, what was your relationship like with him when you were a little girl? He was the strict one. So we walk all over mom. <laughs> um, he was the one where everybody listened to him in the family. He was the only uh, guy where we have three daughters and a mom and he'd always make the decisions of where we're going to move to and what we're going to do. And we'd always need to listen to him or we get a spanking. Yeah. I just felt like, and I needed to be a bit of a perfectionist for him. He was a perfectionist himself. And when it came to, I guess my school grades and like playing the piano, 
I'd always need to have a very good, mm-hmm. do a very good job mm-hmm. for him. So you, you wanted his approval and it, for sure. it took working pretty hard to get it. Yeah. Yeah. It just, yeah. I, I knew I could do, I knew I could make him proud, but it was, um, I couldn't muck around or he'd get angry. <laughs> right. Right. So if you kind of look at the, the situation from your wise self, from your inner wisdom, and you look at the significant age difference between you and this man. And the reason I knew to ask that question is because what you were talking about in terms of the addiction to it screams to me unresolved childhood issues. Yes. And the financially dependent and the not being able to be without him and all of that kind of stuff. I got the sense that he was more a father figure for sure than a match. And so if, let me ask you this, if your dad was still alive, what would you want him to say to you? What would you want to know about how he feels about you? Um, I know he loves me and I know, I don't know. I don't think he'd be proud of me to be honest right now, dealing with this guy and always running back to him. He would not want me to be with the guy I'm with now. I don't know. I'd want to know that he's happy. My dad's happy. (laughs) What would you want him to say to you? What would feel really good to hear from him? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm sorry for being so strict and hard on you when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What else? Um, just that I'm safe. Mm-hmm. I have a huge problem with feeling safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my, my ex or my partner, whatever he is, that's a massive feeling he gives me that I'm just protected. And yeah, if anything bad happens, he's always going to be the one to save me and help me. Well, let's look at that because that sounds a little delusional. Because you've also told me that he's abusive. Yeah. Yeah. How is he abusive? He yells at me and calls me names. And if I say something wrong to upset him, he'll, he's kicked me out a few times because I live with him and he'll, um, he'll just get angry to the point where he says that I'm, you know, I'm the worst person in the world. I'm horrible. And then he wants me to move out and then I'm stuck with, you know, I'm living out of a suitcase at my mom's right now. And that's happened three weeks ago and, um, it just happens too much. So that doesn't sound like a feeling of safety to me. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. (laughs) So is it really true that he makes you feel safe or are there moments? Um, Let me ask you this. Yeah. Yeah. Is it really safety or are there moments that he has his way of saying things to you that make you feel seen and validated? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And there's been situations in the past where I just didn't know what to do and my mom couldn't help me. And yeah, he was the one to kind of guide me through times when I got myself in trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I guess it's more that. Mm -hmm. So as a father figure, sometimes he can be good for guidance, but as a boyfriend, 
he's abusive and makes you feel like crap a lot of the time. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. So can you see that what's keeping you in the relationship is he's fulfilling a void of father? Yes. Yeah. I like to see it as just, yeah, safety. Right. Yeah. But then then you've got to catch yourself and go, wait a second. It's the illusion of safety. There are times when he helps me out, but I truly don't feel safe because I never know when I'm going to be kicked out and I get yelled at. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's not safe. Yeah. That's not safe. So the thing about heroin, you compared it to heroin. Stronger. Yeah. Is eventually you have to choose to stop. Yeah. And is cold turkey the best way? Well, only you know it's going to be the best way for you. But what my personal opinion on relationships like this is how in the world can you get over someone if you're still talking to them? Okay. And what I would encourage you to do is it seems like there's some unresolved grief around your dad. Yeah. You know, you lost him at a young age. You kind of had to just get used to your life without him. And I'm sure your mom was grieving and she had other young girls to deal with. And I don't know that you have really fully grieved his death. That's what my mom always tells me. But I feel like I don't, I actually have nowhere, no idea where to start with it. Like, I feel like I've dealt with it, but obviously not. (laughs) (laughs) Good awareness. Yeah. Yeah. What makes you feel like you've dealt with it? How have you dealt with it so far? I just don't, when I think back about his death, I no longer feel angry or sad. I just, I'm okay with it. Like I understand why he passed away and. Okay. But when I asked you what you'd want to hear from him, you got teary. Yeah, I did. (laughs) So you might be okay with the death, like you've made sense of it in terms of you've accepted it, but the little girl inside of you probably has some things she wants to know and wants to say and wants to hear. And so what you haven't, because we grieve the death of someone, but we also grieve in a relationship what we didn't get from that person. So there are people in my life who are still alive but I've had to grieve who they haven't been able to be in my life so that I could have a healthy relationship with them now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like for the last five years, yeah, I'm just trying to, I have an issue with control obviously as well. Um, struggling with an eating disorder since my dad passed away. Mm. And, uh, I just, yeah, I feel like I'm trying to make him the man I want him to be without being like, okay, let me just find the man who I want. But it's like, I'm so fixated on him, right? even though I know he's not what I want. But it's like, but I want him to be the one I want. Well, I'd discourage you from dating anyone right now. Yeah. <laughs> Stop looking for a man and look inside and look at this, this kind of old hurt that you're still carrying around with dad. And, you know, the control thing comes from being thrown into so much uncertainty at a young age. Yes. And so we look for control. And so part of this too is going to be 
you've got to, you know, this comes up on the show so much. You've got to find that inner parent inside yourself that reassures you and tells you things are okay and tells you you don't need to know everything because the eating disorder and the control and all of that, it's all related. But having your dad pass away at age 11 is a traumatic event. Mm. So have you had any counseling around this? Around my, yeah, uh, my mom kind of forced me to, so I never was a fan of counselors, but I voluntarily went a couple years ago, but it was for the relationship I'm in now, but we never really touched, we never really talked about the dad thing. Really? Yeah. So I would find a counselor that can connect the dots. Okay. Because anyone that's counseling you on your relationship that isn't asking you about your relationship with your parents and your past is missing a big chunk. Okay. So what's wonderful is that you have so much awareness. I really acknowledge you for that. And now it's, now it's the time, but the awareness isn't, isn't creating the change. So the only thing that creates change is when we choose different behavior. So this would be my encouragement or my advice. And you have to, again, decide what's right for you. Cause you can continue to play this out for as long as you want, but I can guarantee, I can guarantee you he's not going to change. And you know that. Yeah. Yeah, I do. So I would go cold Turkey if it were me, because I know that for me and my relationships, that's the only thing that's enabled me to move on. Yes. And the great thing is you don't have kids. You don't have things that need to link you. So you can, you can move out, you can get your place, all those kinds of things. But at the same time, I would find a good counselor or therapist someone who can help you with the grief, help you resolve some of these codependent behaviors, help you with the control, all of it. Cause it's all linked. Yeah. It's yeah, all it linked. And there's like this 11 year old little girl in there who's, who's re- counting on you to help her feel safe and to help her know that she's loved and she's worthy and she's going to be okay. I'm, I'm so scared to go cold turkey. Cause I feel like when I'm separate from him, what makes me panic and what makes me freak out and get destructive is having cold, like even just the thought of it scares me, but I want to leave him. <laughs> but the thought of losing connection fully, like fr- freaks me out, like scares me so much. I know, sweetheart. I get that. And it's, it's coming from having a death of a parent at a young age. That's what it's, that's the button it's pushing. It'd feel like he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to lose somebody again. I get that. And as much as you can rationally say he's this and he's that, and he's not good to be with, you know, there's a part of you that is emotionally attached and emotionally invested and you don't want to have another death. And I get that. I really get that it's hard, but if you can, in those freakouts, if you can tell yourself, you know, this really isn't about him. This is old stuff that wants to come out. And if you can let yourself cry and if you can let yourself journal and if you can, because I have a, a lot of times when we're little and yet a death of a parent, you know, your mom, she did the best she could to console you and soothe you, but she was also grieving the loss of her husband. So I imagine that was hard. So you may not have had someone there to really just focus on you and take care of you. And that's really what's up for you right now is in this breakup, in this quote unquote death to really be there for yourself. And I, 
I would like, as soon as we hang up, get on the computer, the phone, whoever, and start finding a therapist to work with. So you feel like you have some support. Okay. So you don't have to do it alone. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like I can't, I can't do it alone. I've tried, as I said, I've left six times and I've been so confident and I've even left the country, you know, uh, thinking this is, this is the time, this is it. And then, you know, three months later, even I'll just find myself crawling back. Yeah. There's also, you know, there's 12 step groups. There's, there's, do you have those over in New Zealand? 12 step AA and Al-Anon and all that? I'm sure. Yeah. There's also one for codependence for CODA. Really? Yes. I don't know if it'll be over there, but it's definitely here in the States. So you may want to research that too. But here's the thing. You wouldn't have gotten a coaching session with me if some part of you wasn't ready to do this. Okay. Yeah. Because I think you knew what I was going to say. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like, I, I need someone to tell me, even though I might already know what to do, but it's like a part of me all these years didn't want to do it. Like I wanted to leave him, but I didn't really want to do the work to leave him. Right. And again, like I want you to normalize it a little bit. Again, it's not so much about him. It's because you don't want to have to go through another death. It is. And it feels exactly like that. And I've already said that to my mom, you know, it it feels like I'm losing dad all over again when Mm -hmm. I cut this guy out. Mm Mm-hmm. But what's so beautiful is now you get to really, truly grieve the loss of your dad. And maybe after you get to the other side of that, you'll, cause even though people die, we can still have a relationship with them on the other side. And maybe you'll get to a place of forgiveness and a place of relating to him where you'll start to feel a connection to him again. And, and you'll stop looking for him and men you date and you'll be able to date men that aren't nearly 20 years older than you. <laughs> yeah which all of them have been. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Do you believe you can do this? Um, yes. It's just a matter of when I'm ready. It's like, are you really ready around like to do the work? You're never going to feel ready. Exactly. <laughs> a heroin addict never feels ready to get off of heroin eventually it's just a choice. I never felt ready to get off antidepressants, but I just finally was all in and, and dealt with how hard it was and just kept going. Yeah, exactly. And that, yeah, I guess it's, am I ready to deal with the hurt that I've been just suppressing and avoiding? Well, and here's another way to think about it. It's going to be short-term pain versus long-term pain. Because the more you stall and the more you draw this out, the harder it's going to get. And the more you delay really starting your life, and I doubt your dad would want that for you. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Was this helpful? Yes. Good. I believe in you. You can do this. You can do this. Figure out what you need to feel supported. Set up your team. Be a grown-up here. Okay. That'll be hard. (laughs) No, it won't be. You can do it. Okay. You can do it. You can do it. And being a grown-up isn't about figuring it all out. It's just taking action steps, being resourceful, figuring out what you need, setting it up, and then taking action. Grown-ups still struggle. Grown-ups still have feelings. 
they, they don't always run to somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You can do it. I can. Yeah. And you're more ready than you think. Okay. Thanks. I needed to hear that. Thank you so much, Arel, for your honesty and your vulnerability. And I know that you're a frequent listener of the show, and I hope you were able to listen to that call again and really take it in. And I hope that you have made the self-honoring choice to complete that relationship. So let's break this call down a little bit. As you heard me share, I knew that this was probably a relationship with an older man by how she was describing it. When we have a strong codependent relationship, when it feels like an addiction, when it feels like a drug, that generally is coming from a childhood wound. You know, it's so important developmentally and psychologically to have healthy relationship with parents and to feel like they're there and to feel unconditionally loved and supported by them. And if we don't have that and we don't resolve it through our own inner work, through therapy, through coaching, through spiritual practices, we go and look for that in people that we date. And often it's our younger self that's picking the relationships and we need our parents growing up. Like if they aren't there for us, like we don't survive if someone's not there to raise us. And so why these kind of codependent love addiction relationships feel like a drug and it feels like death when we separate them from them is because it's triggering that little boy or little girl inside that's like, oh my gosh, without this person, I may die. I may die. So as much as she thought this was about the man, it really wasn't about him. He was more of a projection of her father. And as you heard, every time she tried to break up with them, it re-triggered the issue of the death around her father. And as I said, she probably hasn't fully grieved her relationship with her dad. And I'm not just talking about grieving the death. I'm also talking about grieving the relationship she didn't have. We can assume and know that her father was coming from the best place by being a little strict and expecting a lot of her, but she never really felt really seen, really validated for who she was. She was always trying really hard to get his validation and attention. And she's playing that out a little bit in this relationship with the man. And she was having a very kind of fantasy-based relationship with him. You heard that she wanted to change him, that she wanted to mold him into the man she wanted him to be. Well, again, what she's really doing is trying to mold him into the father that she always wanted. And my strong coaching to her was to just stop looking for a man. Not that she can't do that in the future and have a really healthy relationship, but the person that she really needs to focus on is herself and pay attention to that little girl who has some daddy issues, who has some healing and some grieving to do. The other thing that stuck out to me about her father is that he never really told her the truth about his, his condition. You know, she said that even though the mom kind of talked about it, he never was really, really honest that he was going to die. And so now not only does she have the issue that men are going to leave all of a sudden, but there's also that issue of trust. So something that may come up for her or people that relate to this is jealousy in relationship, which may cause a lot of dysfunction and a lot of the fear of cheating and all kinds of other things. So you really want to work on your trust issues before you get in a relationship with anyone because there's nothing like a romantic relationship that is going to trigger those trust issues. So when I really started to dive in with Arel, I asked her what she'd want to hear from her dad. You know, it was a hard question for her to answer. At first she went to, well, he wouldn't be proud. 
you know, she first went to that voice of him kind of evaluating her behavior that seemed like it was a bit of a pattern in the relationship. He was always telling her how to be better. But when I asked her again, you know, what would she really want to hear from him? That's when the tears came and it came up that she wanted an apology, you know, and she wanted to know that she was really seen by him and that she was enough for him. Aurel also has a huge problem with feeling safe. You know, she said her partner gave her that feeling, but I really called her out on reality on that one. You know, he was verbally abusive. You know, I asked, are there moments where he has ways of seeing you or saying things that make you feel seen and validated? Yes, absolutely. And that's what keeps her, keeps her hooked in. She also has set up a rescue pattern. She's created conditions for herself. She sabotaged things or gotten herself in trouble because that's what she believes will kind of get his attention and love and get him to show up as the rescuer that she's looking for. So for all of you that relate to this on again and off again relationship and feeling like it's a drug that you just can't seem to quit, eventually you have to choose to stop. You don't wean yourself off heroin. You also can't change heroin. You can't make it less addictive or all of a sudden make it into an antioxidant with health benefits that's good for you. You have to accept that heroin is heroin. It's addictive and it's not healthy for you. Same with a relationship and you have to choose to stop and you have to focus on, I'm going to get through the short-term pain to avoid the long-term pain because a codependent, abusive, toxic relationship is not safe and it's not what you want. And most of the time it is not changeable. It's, it's built on dysfunction. It's built on issues. I really have not come across too many codependent relationships or toxic relationships, or dysfunctional relationships that became functional unless the people split up, did their own work, did massive amounts of their own work and healing, and then maybe got back together. But what I want to emphasize to you is that you'll never feel ready to leave this kind of on again and off again relationship. Eventually you just have to choose. And the longer you wait, the harder it becomes. So some takeaways for you, take off your rose colored glasses. Stop being delusional. Really see the kind of relationship you're in. Make a list of what's true about the relationship versus the fantasy. Like what's true? Like count how many loving words are said to you versus critical words. Count how many arguments you have. Count how many times you're wishing the person you want to change. Like get really, really honest with yourself about the relationship you're in. And next, find a good counselor or coach that will really help you connect the dots. And if it's not helpful, it's not the right fit. I believe there are tremendous therapists out there. It sounds like Aurel was seeing one that was just focused on the relationship. It kind of shocks me that that therapist didn't connect the dots between her father's relationship and her father's death and being in a relationship with a man who's 20 years older. But maybe maybe that therapist did and Aurel just didn't remember. But you're going to want to find somebody that's connecting the dots. And there are a lot of great professionals out there. So maybe interview a couple, ask for recommendations. You know, for some reason, people still are ashamed to go to therapy and or ashamed to ask other people if they know good therapists. There's no shame in that. At this point, it's like going to the dentist. We all have teeth. We go to the dentist. There's no shame in that. We all have issues. We go to therapy or counseling or do some self-work. It's just part of the human experience. And then finally, with these on-again and off-again relationships, turn it off for good. Go cold turkey. Stop it. 
you know it's not good for you. So do something that is good for you and end it for good. Sending you much love and many blessings. Until next time, everybody. Hey guys, it's Richard Blaze. You've seen me on Top Chef and Master Chef, and now I'm starving for attention. My new show on Podcast One. Check out my interviews with Cutthroat Kitchen's Antonio Lafaso and Jet Tila, but that's only the beginning. We've got more on the way from actor Lou Diamond Phillips, Bizarre Foods Andrew Zimmern, Top Chef host Gail Simmons, and so many more. So pull up a seat every Tuesday, or maybe just listen in your car on PodcastOne.com, the new Podcast One app, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.